If you want to be turning your Bibles to Acts uh, chapter 20, uh, we'll take our lesson from there uh, this morning. Acts chapter 20, and uh, beginning in verse 17. And here Paul's exhorting the Ephesian elders from Miletus, and he says, he says, uh, he said, he called for the elders of the church, and when they had come to, to him, he said to them, you know from the first day what, uh, that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and trials that happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, uh, and how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying the chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching to the, uh, the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you uh, the whole counsel of God. I want to talk a little bit uh, this morning about uh, that phrase that Paul mentions in verse 24 about that none of these things move me. Um, as Paul was trying to prepare uh, the Ephesian elders when he, when he, as he was leaving, uh, we understand, though, in Paul's life, he was an example of what true Christianity was, wasn't he? Uh, wherever he went. Uh, his life, his tears, his trials, the plotting of the Jews against him, uh, his stand for the truth in places that he, that he went. But in verse 24, when it talks about none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, it shows that his great attitude and his commitment, despite things that he faced in life, as deterrence from accomplishing his work. And we think about all the things that he'd been through, how that he was stoned, left for dead, and all, all these things that, that happened to him. It's amazing to us that he, that he could say this phrase, that none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. What, what that tells us is he had a great resolve in his faith unto God that, to see him through. And I've known many preachers that have faced hardships for standing for the truth, such as in a congregation where a family had to be withdrawn from, family members of your own family that was hard to deal with, letters of falsehood that were circulated about preachers among brethren, congregations whose elders did not support the truth that the preacher taught on at the time, which was a terrible situation, destruction of uh, the preacher's personal property uh, due to something that wasn't liked the, when, he, when he preached upon it, windows being shot out of the preacher's house because of teaching for the truth. These are all real, 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 real things, real stories. But, you know, they're but small compared to some of the things that the Apostle Paul even went through, though, did, wasn't it? Turn over to 2 Corinthians um, chapter 11, verses uh, 24 through 28. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11.
And there Paul says, for the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. And a night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeys often in perils of waters and perils of robbers and perils of my own countrymen. In perils of the Gentiles. In perils of the city. In perils of the wilderness. In perils of the sea. In perils among false brethren. In weariness and toil. In sleeplessness often. In hunger and thirst. In fastings, in fastings often. In cold and nakedness. And besides the other things, what, happens, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern, he says, for all the churches. We think about sometimes lists that we might have of things that we went through and the things that Paul went through. It's quite, a, it's quite different, isn't it? Have you ever been in the deep for a day and a half? For over 24 hours? That's, we can't, not many brethren can say that. A lot of things that, uh, that he went through. Uh, how many people have been stoned to death today? We might go through a lot of things, but we, can't, we don't have the same kind of list that the Apostle Paul had. And so when we think about all the things that he faced and all the things in standing for the truth, um, he's, quite, he's quite an interesting character. He should be an encouragement to us uh, as brethren. And sometimes when we have brethren that do go through hard times, when they face hardships, even for standing for the truth and what is right, it should, cur- it should motivate us. It should give us courage. Uh, to also do the same kind of thing. And we see the Apostle Paul and, some, and the Apostles and what they, what they went through for their, in their faith. It gives us great courage and resolve uh, that they gave us the example to follow. Uh, we think about why they were able to do these things. Well, first of all, I want to suggest to you that it was because of their deep faith in Christ. Um, when he said, none of these things move me, Nothing has changed my deep faith and trust in the Almighty God is what Paul was saying to us. Nothing will move me away from that relationship. And as he talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, when he talks about to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about being strong and being steadfast, not moved away from the hope of Christ. Even when bad things happen, we all have bad days and terrible things have happened. The Apostle Paul had had terrible days. But he never lost his faith in God, did he? In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, it talks about like, it's like an anchor, our hope is like an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. It's like when they drop that anchor, it can float a little bit here and a little bit there, that, that ship, but it's not going to drift away. Why is that? It's because the anchor is sure and steadfast. It's because we're immovable in our, de- in our adherence to the goal of heaven and getting there someday. Um, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, 1 Timothy chapter 1, in verses 8 through 12 there, he says, but we know that the, lo- or 2 Timothy, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1, in verses 8 through 12. Paul writes, For I am not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to me, to us in, in Christ Jesus before time began. That now has been revealed by the appearing of our Lord Jesus, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel to which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. And for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, he says, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Paul said he suffered as a, as a prisoner. He said he was never ashamed 
of who he was and his calling because it was a holy calling. And he had a faith that was able to get him through because he realized there was things beyond, blessings beyond this world that his God offered him. He had eternal life to look for. He says, I know whom I have believed. He had a deep commitment, deep faith in knowing who Jesus Christ was as he appeared to him. And he told him, how many things you must suffer for my name's sake. Yet, he didn't say, oh, Lord, that's just too much. I'm, not, I'm just going to give it up right now. No, he didn't do that. He continued on. Because he knew who he believed. He was able to keep what he has committed to him until that day. In Galatians chapter 2, in verse 20, when he talks about, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's not no longer I who live. Christ lives in us. I have power through Jesus working through me, his spirit working through me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, Paul writes that, he says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. It's easy to trust in the things that are now, the things that we can see and are tangible to us in this world, the things we can see and enjoy, but they are temporal. And that's how the devil gets so many followers a lot of times. It's because many trust in just the here and now. But Paul says, as Christians, we need to walk by faith and not by sight. We have never seen heaven. But the apostle, the apostle, Paul saw Jesus Christ. He appeared to him. Just as sure as Jesus was, that he appeared to him as he, after he risen from the dead. We have to have faith that heaven's going to be just as sure that it's a prepared place for a prepared people that Jesus says he has gone, gone, gone to prepare for us. And so we ought to take, take stock in that. The apostles put their lives on the line because they realized and they saw and they witnessed Jesus die and by the power of God be raised from the dead on the third day. It should give us hope and a deep faith also in the same. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, he said, At my defense, Paul says, no one stood with me, but all forsook me, that it may not be charged against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that the message might be preached fully through me, that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. God says, even when brethren forsook him, Paul says, even when no, no one stood with him, he said the Lord was there. And he strengthened me. So that the message might be fully preached through him. If none were to stand with us, would we still stand for the truth? When we are all by ourselves and we seem like we're alone on an island, and even though, as God told Jeremiah, he says, you're never alone, but when we feel like that, when we're out in the world and going through things, do we still stand for what is right because of our deep faith and commitment to God? Paul said he felt like that. And he says he had still trust in God, that the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory and forever and ever. Amen. Faith is not belief without proof but trust without reservation. And may our 
as in Ephesians chapter 3 here says, may Christ dwell in our hearts through faith that we might be rooted and grounded so deep in our faith that it will see us through the hard times. Second thing we want to look at this morning is we need to have a commitment to start what we, to finish what we started. Paul talks about finishing his race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus. And several times in the scriptures, the Christian life is talked about as a race of faith. In other passages, Paul refers to life as a race, and so he attended here. He did this also in Hebrews. Uh, so here Paul intended to finish his race, he says, with, of faith, with joy and the honor that he started it. And by the way, when people run a race, they do it by adhering to the rules. They do it with honor. You ever remember not long, long ago, and there's been times of this, where people have been awarded gold medals, and yet they've been stripped of those gold medals because they found out that they cheated, they used antibiotic steroids and so forth, and so their medals was taken away from them. You know why that is? It's because they didn't compete according to the rules. They didn't run a race with honor, and so to speak. And so Paul says we need to do that with style. We need to live our Christian life. We only have one life to live, and we need to do that by our, by our deep faith in, in honor to God, that we may run a race with joy and honor, that God may be glorified, that he in the, in the, in the end may say, welcome, come on in, you well done, good and faithful servant, and enter into the joys of your Lord because you have done what you were supposed to do. Paul said he was made a steward of the Lord. He was given a job to complete. He was given the ministry that I received from the Lord. It wasn't just his ministry. It was the Lord's ministry. And so he said he received it from the Lord. It was a chosen vessel to testify of Christ. In Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, Verses 23 through 25 there. Paul says, For if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, he says, became a minister. He said, And I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Notice how he says that we need to be grounded and steadfast, not moved away from the hope of the gospel. We have people that want to quit, that only want to serve God when it's convenient, when it's easy. But he says we need to be grounded and steadfast, not moved away. We need to continue on keeping on, as he says. And when times got hard, Paul kept on going, didn't he? And he says, I rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. I think that's a marvelous phrase right there, don't you? Don't you? When we think about the afflictions of what happened to Jesus Christ, is there anything that was he wasn't willing to do for us? The answer is no. But Paul says, 
our attitude needs to be, if there was anything lacking in the afflictions of Christ, he says, I'm going to continue on and do my part to fulfill that. And I want to be an encouragement to you, as he was writing to the Colossians, that when you see me suffer, that you'll know it's for a good cause, and it's for the right cause. And then it might encourage you to be more faithful. According to the stewardship he had from God. Because the stewardship he had from God said that he was going to have to suffer. That's what the Lord told Paul at the very beginning. That he was a chosen vessel to suffer many things. That he might be humble. And then God might be glorified through him. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. He tells us, Paul says, he has fought the good fight. He has finished the race. He has kept the faith. You see, he was able to say he had finished toward the end of his life what he started. He could see the end. He could say that he has fought the good fight, that he's finished the race, that he's kept the faith. And that's something for us to do that. When we see Christians toward the end of their life, ready to die, we can take courage because... And it can encourage us because we know that they have done that. We know that they have fought the good fight, that they have finished their race, that they have through their life kept the faith. And when we go to a funeral for for a brother like that, it is not a time of mourning but a time of rejoicing. What will be said about us and how we finish our race? In Hebrews chapter 6, Hebrews chapter 6, In verses 10 through 12 there, he says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. There are many people, saints and faithful people that have went before us that we can gain encouragement from. Examples to us in the faith. Examples we have through the scriptures. He says we need to imitate those with the same diligence to have the full assurance of hope until the end. And don't become sluggish. Don't become lazy, he says. But hang in there and imitate them that we might inherit the same promises. Over in the same book in chapter 12, Verses 1 through 3, he says, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and run with endurance the race that is set before us. How do we do that? By looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. And I don't know about you, but every time that when we think about looking at Jesus and his example, it humbles us, doesn't it? No wonder he told us to remember him upon the first day of the week each, each, and, every, each, and, every, uh, first, each and every day of the first day of the week because the reason we do that is so that we don't lose sight of who we are and to remember what he did for us. And I'm here to tell you that when people lose sight of Jesus and looking unto him and understanding, remembering about the cross, 
then we become lax in our faith. And we see people who don't stay committed to the finish, don't we? It's because they become further and further removed from remembering what the Lord did for them. Last thing I want to mention this morning is that we need to have courage to face the unknown. Um, Paul, is in his, as he acknowledged, he was going bound to Jerusalem to face many things that were going to happen to him. And he knew that he was, his end of his life was going to be near. And yet he foretold of the coming of the binding of his hands and feet. And even Agabus told about this in chapter 21 uh, in the book of Acts and foretold of the binding of his feet and hands that was going to happen at Jerusalem and how he was going to be delivered to the Gentiles. And remember, the brethren tried to discourage him from going. But he says, no, he, he must go. And he had courage to face the unknown. He didn't know, you know, he knew the things were going to happen to him there. But he didn't know all the things that were going to trans transpire at the end of his life. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, And in verse 8, he says, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure above strength, so that we even despaired even of life. Yes, we have the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, and delivered us from so great a death, and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will deliver us. And he says, and you're, you also helping together in prayer for us, and thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through the many. Paul says we were burdened beyond measure, persecuted. The sentence of death was in us, so that we should not trust in ourselves. But notice it. Who did he trust in? He trusted in God who can raise the dead. So even if he died, you see, they still have the hope of eternity because uh, even if they physically die they believe in a God who can raise from the dead and deliver us he says from so great a death and he says notice he talks about how he, he wanted the, the brethren there to understand to have prayer for us and the thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through the many Paul says, you pray for us. And when we're persecuted, he says, you pray for us. And when we're persecuted and we go on, he says, you pray for us. And you thank your God for what he has done and the deliverance that he has, that he has given. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, And verse 10, beginning there, he says, But you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my love, my perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, in Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endure. And out of them all, he says, the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, he says, will suffer persecution. Yes, and all who, does, uh, and, you know, he talked about evil men and imposters. They're going to continue and continue, go and grow worse. 
But he says, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from where you have learned them. In other words, don't give up. Keep on keeping on. God has given us all the tools we need to work with to get to heaven and to be successful. And Paul says we need to remember to do that, to courage, to go on, to face the unknown. When the Spanish explorer Cortez landed in Veracruz in 1519, the story is that he began the conquest of the Mexican interior with a force of 700 men, but legend has it that he sent his fleet of ships of 11 ships and his men watched them drown in the gulf and the idea was that there's only one direction to move that was forward into the Mexican interior Christianity is not running from fears or problems but not being too quick to retreat or to quit but to having the courage to face them head on and to continue on and we need to do that we have but one direction to go and that is forward into heaven that we might let nothing deter us from attaining that goal Back in chapter 20, in Acts chapter 20, <coughs> after Paul, had, was, as he was talking to the Ephesian elders here, notice toward the end of the chapter, he says, in verse 31, he says, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn night and day with tears. So now, brethren, he said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among the saints toward those who are sanctified. He said, I covet no one's gold or silver. You yourselves know how, how, how uh, that these hands have provided for my necessities and, f- that, and for those who are with me. And I have shown you in every way, in laboring like this, that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all, and they all wet, wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke that he wouldn't, that they would see his face no more, and they accompany him to the ship. We see the same kind of resolve in the Apostle Paul to go, to be courageous, knowing the things that were going to face him, even though the brethren knew exactly what was going to happen to him, wasn't going to be good. But he says, you know what manner of life that I have. And can you understand the encouragement that gives for the brethren that were left behind? We don't understand that as so much as Christians, but when we have Christians, fellow Christians that suffer things, preachers that suffer things, it should be an encouragement to us. I'll leave you with this poem, the lesson will be yours. I saw him standing there, the old gospel preacher. I saw him standing there, the man of God, erect and firm, although his hair was gray. The passing years had come and they had gone to leave the weaker men along the way. I saw him standing there, his face was fixed. And he was unafraid to preach the word of God. Although the times had changed so many things, his message was the same for those who heard. I saw him standing straight and heard him preach that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. He preached against men's sins with force and might and then called to one with pleading nod. I heard him preach salvation through his blood. The message many need to hear today, how sinners must believe and then repent and be baptized the Bible way. I heard him preach about the church of Christ, the precious bride for which our Savior died, as he condemned the sex of men as sin and called on all to give up party pride. I thank the Lord for this stalwart man whose message had the old familiar ring of the apostles' doctrine through and through. And this to me was such a noble thing. 
I saw him standing there, this man of God, his faith is faithful as the day is long, and it gave me courage that I needed most, and I felt inspiration to be strong. Appreciate uh, listening to the, our thoughts this morning. Um, someone needs to make subject to the gospel, we would always uh, invite you to do that. Think upon these things today. Um, I appreciate your thoughts, your, your kind attention, and we'll end our lesson there and take a break before we continue on with our Bible.